Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. So good this morning to be together and I feel the message this morning has already been preached through our worship, through what's been shared already. And I have a deep, deep conviction that this morning God wants to do something quite deep and yet the message is quite simple. Sometimes the easiest things to speak are the hardest things to do. Yet with the help of the Holy Spirit, many of us this morning can leave this meeting losing weight. The weight of hurt, the weight of pain, the weight of unforgiveness. And while I'm not making a big deal about my this comment I'm about to make, but at the beginning of the year, we often say, Happy New Year. For some people, that's hard to say. I find it hard to say because happy means different things to different people. I went to the dictionary and it says, happiness is an emotional state characterised by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment and fulfilment. Another definition was bliss, contentment, delight, elation, enjoyment, euphoria, exhilaration and glee. And I'm sure at some time we feel those emotions, but I decided to go to the dictionary and look up the meaning of the word blessed. And this is what it said in the dictionary, made holy and consecrated. Wow. And I find it much easier to say, have a blessed year than a happy new year. Because happy means different things to different people, but blessed can be available to all of us in this room, no matter what the circumstances are. It saddens me in spending hours with couples and people that are going through challenges and how often I hear this, I'm not happy anymore. I just don't feel it anymore. I'm not happy anymore. Well, I was challenged last week by Pastor Tony's message on getting fit. And I realised if you're like me, when you feel sad, I go for a run because then I realised my physical health is far worse than my mental health. (laughs) So some of you may relate to me rather than Pastor Tony on that one. But we can all at times experience those feelings I mentioned at the beginning, but God has a better way for us to live and to live a blessed life that's not based on feelings, but on the truth that can sustain us for a long time. Uh, If you've been in church a few years, you may have heard a series of messages out of Matthew chapter five on the Beatitudes. And I'm not gonna do that today. It's a series of messages. Some say it's probably the most powerful message Jesus ever taught in Matthew chapter five. And it starts with the word blessed at the beginning of pretty well every verse. I researched it many years ago when I did a series on this passage and the word blessed comes from a root word that describes an island in Greece called the island of Makarios. And basically what they taught was that if you live in Makarios, you will never wanna live anywhere else. Best weather, best beaches, best food. And Jesus uses this root word blessed 
basically saying, if you get hold of this, you won't wanna live anywhere else. Blessed. Uh, I'm gonna read it, Matthew 5, 1 to 12. I got a bit of Scripture today, so hang in there. And seeing the multitudes, He went up on a mountain and when He was seated, His disciples came to Him. Then He opened His mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the Kingdom of Heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when people revile and persecute you and so on. And I believe today that there are truths that as we embrace them in our lives, they sustain us all our lives, no matter what the feelings are, no matter whether happiness is there or not in the world's description of happiness. But there's a deeper joy that comes when we surrender to God's patterns and realise that in that position, we come into a place of incredible blessing. Three decisions today that I've made over many, many years in my own life that please don't tune out because they're simple to say, but they have honestly worked, not over a year or two or three, but in my 66 years of life, I gave my life to Jesus at 11. Most of, life, the, most of my life, these truths have carried me and they've kept me in the good times and the darkest times during loss, during pain, which still comes. This month, it'll be seven years since our son went to be with the Lord. Feels like yesterday. Many of you in this room are part of that journey. And people say, does it get easier? Well, there are times when I feel great joy knowing where he is and knowing the fruit of his life, but there's also great pain Many of you would have heard years ago when I did several messages on living with contrasts. As Christians, we live with contrasts. We live with happiness and we live with sadness and we live with those emotions. And yet there are decisions we can make that can carry us through those emotions and allow us to live a blessed life. I'm gonna say it now before we finish the service because I want you to get your heart ready because today God wants to do something powerful. Some of, us, some of you in this room, some of us need to lay off the weight of unforgiveness today. As I was praying, I felt so strongly that there would be people starting 2023 with the weight of unforgiveness. And today we need to lay that at the feet of the cross and, and, and grab hold of the power that's available to us to, for God's help to help us live a life of forgiveness. So you don't live a moment of forgiveness, we live a lifestyle yeah. of forgiveness. And so there are those of us today, and I hope you hear my heart, that the world has had such a pull on your life that today we can lay down the pull of the world and say, I'm gonna live within the boundaries of God's Word. And as we do, we live a blessed life. In Matthew 24, and we've sung it today already, the guys didn't know what I was speaking on. But my first point is I've built my life on God's Word as a pattern for my life. Not just a devotional, a directional. A lot of people use the Bible like people read the back of Woman's Weekly. 
and they go and look for their stars and see what their day's gonna be or what their life's gonna be. But my Bible is not just a devotional, it's a directional in my life. And in Matthew 7, and these are the Scriptures that spoke to me. I haven't chosen these Scriptures just because they're there. These are the ones at a certain time in my life, they became reality to me and they became part of me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who built a house on solid rock. We've been singing it this morning. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains come, the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at His teaching. So many people come to me over the years, we need deeper teaching. Really? But if you're not doing anything with what you've already heard, we want deeper teaching. Well, they were amazed at these words that Jesus spoke because of the authority behind them, the truth behind them. And friends, without the Word of God today, I probably wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have handled death the way we have or cancer and the things we've been through. Why? Because I heard a sermon. When my son passed away, I couldn't remember the sermons I'd heard. But I remember the Word of God that came into me and became part of me and led my life because it's not in the hearing, it's in the doing. And when we spend time with God in His Word and we apply what we read, we experience growth. And in that growth comes a sense of Amen over your life. You know you're blessed because you know that growth wouldn't have happened by yourself. And you carry that sense of God is with us. In Luke chapter 2, 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in a favour with God and all the people. Why? Because Jesus Himself had an it is written. When the enemy comes into the wilderness, when Jesus is being tempted by the devil, Jesus said nothing other than what was written. And you know, most of us as Christians over the years lose our it is written. And I wanna tell you my friends without arrogance this morning that the thing that can carry us this year and be a blessed people is no matter what we go through, we have to have an it is written. And as we go to that it is written, we grow and we discover that sense of favour, Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favour, and that is available for us. I had to choose one because there's so many, but I chose a Scripture that when I was in my 20s, so impacted my life on this issue of unforgiveness. When you grow up in a home where your parents are preachers, and yet they disagree with everything you believe. To not have them there at your Bible school graduation, because they didn't agree. They thought I was part of a cult. And to not be there when you got your um, you know, credentials as a pastor and to be able to go through stuff alone yet raised in a home that seemed to be a godly home. 
And because of the brokenness in that upbringing and the way that my culture and other things affected me, there was a season in my life where I felt quite vindictive. I wanted to fight back. I want to say, but that's not what's happening. And things were being said. The fact that I went to Paradise Church was because I was chasing women. And well, I did find one. <laughs> but, you know, people judge you by what's inside of them. And so in my early days, being Italian, being emotional, there was just something of a fight in me. And then one day I read Luke chapter 17. One day Jesus, verses one to six, said to His disciples, there will always be temptations in sin, but, bit, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. And if there is repentance, forgive. If that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. The Apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. I've heard lots of sermons from this passage of Scripture. But the pattern of God's Word put into me, this is what happened. As I'm reading it, and one of the reasons why it's important to journal is because you can write down those things that God says to you and they stay with you for your whole life. And this is the Word that came to me. Danny, now he said Danny because that's my name. If he said Mark, I wouldn't have listened. But anyway, sorry. That's, that's worse than a bad, joke, bad dad joke. But Danny, I mean, he didn't use my name, but I knew the Lord was speaking to me. He said, your actions will hurt other people, but your reactions will destroy you. Just that moment can change your life. I realise that my actions, says don't cause someone to stumble. And I realise that my actions could hurt other people, but my reactions would hurt me. And whenever you read in the New Testament about mountain moving faith, I think three out of the four Gospels, it says it in the context of forgiveness. There is no greater mountain to shift than that mountain. And that's why Jesus says, but if you've got the faith of this mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, what mountain? I mean, if we were to cast Mount Lofty into Glenelg, we'd be in trouble, we'd have a tidal wave and Adelaide would be destroyed. It was the mountain of unforgiveness. This huge mountain, Danny, if you hurt other people, your actions will be judged by me for causing others to stumble, but your reactions and your lack of forgiveness will hurt you. Do you know how many people are in our mental hospitals today because they couldn't let go of stuff and still can't let go of stuff and it affects them so bad because of pain and hurt and abuse? And I do not want to underestimate the power of that pain because we can all go and we can all experience it. And yet there's got to be a letting go if we want to live blessed. Yeah. So I would rather say to you, have a blessed new year than just a happy one. Yeah. And I think it was Pastor Tony a couple of weeks ago, you said, God's will is not to make us happy, but to make us holy. Well, the dictionary told us that right at the beginning. Yeah. And I believe in 2023, life Adelaide, we can have a blessed year. And we can not carry those weights that weigh us down, 
because we let go of those things. When we build God's pattern, we truly lose weight. Hebrews 12, 1 to 13, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And I won't read all of it. You can read it in your time. But I believe with all my heart that this year, if we make a decision to make the Word of God our directional, not just our devotional. I live my life this simply. If the Bible says no, then don't argue with it. It's no. If the Bible suggests it's not good for you, then don't do it. And if it's gonna hurt somebody else, stay away. Is it right to drink? Is it wrong to drink? No, God doesn't put rules on us. When we're in relationship with Him, if I'm gonna do something that's gonna hurt someone, I get the uh uh-uh. The uh uh-uh of the Holy Spirit. He says, that might be okay, but it's not right for now. And to live free like that is to live blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed. And there's all those blesseds in Matthew 5 that maybe one day we'll look at. But let me tell you, we can live blessed this year. And I sense with all my heart at Life Adelaide that we are poised this year to go deeper. We are really poised to go deeper and that's not scary. We should embrace that with joy and go, wow, I'm gonna go deeper with God. I'm gonna be able to live a blessed life no matter what the enemy throws at me. I remember again when we went through what we went through in losing Chris, I remember saying to the enemy, I'm not gonna waste my pain. I'm gonna bless others with my pain. I'm not gonna bleed with my pain. I'm gonna build others with my pain. Does it hurt? Yep. We're at a birthday party last Sunday night. It just comes to mind now. And there I was standing next to a lady who's lost her son at the birthday party. And we both talked about how much it hurts. And we both cried. That's okay. God knows we're allowed to feel those things. But then I don't walk away feeling hopeless. I don't walk away feeling helpless. I walk away feeling I've got hope. I got hope because I have a blessed life. I have a blessed life even through the pain. Moving to the second one is, and I hope this doesn't again sound self-serving, I'm grateful that for most of my life, despite what could have been, I've built my life with the right people. The second thing this year, I felt in prayer, there's lots of things I could speak about, but I felt these three points were for today to set us up and many of us up for this year because some of you did not have the greatest of friends in 2022. Their influence on your life wasn't to draw you closer to God, but to keep you close enough, but also away by some of the compromises. And I I, I say this with all love this morning as a dad, that this year we need to choose our friends really, really carefully. In Mark chapter 2, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that He was back home. Soon the house where He was sitting was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While He was preaching God's Word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralysed man on a mat. 
They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus made the paralysed man well and said, my child, your sins are forgiven. I've preached lots of messages from that passage, but it was only last week that I thought, gee, he chose his friends well. The crippled man chose his friends very well. I mean, what great choice that he made because this broken man chose a friend or friends that connected with him. They cared for him. They carried him and they continued with Him even through obstacles. That's the kind of people I want in my life because at any given time, any of us can have brokenness. At any given time, there are, there are times when our walk with God gets a little bit crippled and we don't know, and we need the people around us that care for us, that carry us, that connect us with Jesus and take us through the tough times and don't leave. I'm shocked at the number of people over the years. There was a time in our family when we went through some challenges with one of our kids and many of you know the story and we used to run conferences and it's amazing. I realised that some people were more connected to my image than me. So then when you go through something tough, they move away because now your name is not like it used to be because it's been tainted. And I realised a few years ago that it's hard to find friends that are there that stay with you no matter what, no matter how big your church is or how small your church is or, or what happens and what we go through and what sicknesses we go through. And I'm grateful that this man in Mark chapter two, that we read his story, chose his friends really well. And I pray that in 2023, some of us have to relook at who we hang out with. For some people, the friends we have are not even real friends, they're just online. It's amazing how many lonely people facing mental health issues right now hardly have physical friends, but they are very, very connected online. And so what happens is we get affected by the voices on TikTok and the voices on all these social media. I read this the other day from Sean Stanton. I think he put it up on, uh, on um, Instagram. I don't know if Facebook has ever caused the lame to walk but it sure caused the dumb to speak. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a good one. You probably read that one. And so as I was praying over choosing our friends this year, the Scripture came to me in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God. And his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. The, sorry, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, before I go any further, none of us are perfect and we are on a journey where we're not gonna do everything right. But can I say it? I've said it a hundred times or a thousand times. It's not perfection, it's direction. It's the direction of our life, not perfection because we all muck up. 
But one of the things that's helped me in my life is when I do muck up and I get it wrong, I get back to the pattern. I get back to the Word of God and I begin to build the right pattern. It says that blessed is the man who walks not. So that you see three words there, walk, stand and sit. And I think it's a pattern that happens in life. Sometimes we're just walking past stuff, thinking, oh, that looks good. And then we stand and have a better look. And before long, we're sitting in it and it's controlling our lives. And the Bible says, hey, don't do that. I've got a blessed life for you. I've got, see, if living a life with, of compromise, and I, I really feel this, and as a dad, Pastor Tony can correct me later if I get it wrong, but as a dad in the house, let's not try to get as close to the world as we can get in 2023. But say, so how can I choose my friends that are gonna carry me with unbroken, are gonna be there for me, they care for me, and I'm gonna have those people in my life because there will be moments where I'll feel like, Breaking, And I believe this year we can have an incredible life of blessing if we make these choices well. Let me read to you a passage of Scripture in 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride of life and achievements and possessions. I love the way the Passion Translation says it. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Wow, they're incompatible. It should be more normal for us as Christians to wanna walk God's way than be enticed by the what what the world has to offer. Pastor Tony and I were only talking about this the other day. It's amazing how many secular speakers in the world today who are not Christians are now telling us we need to get back to the Bible. Jordan Peterson will give you a, a teaching on Genesis better than any preacher I've ever heard and about how to follow God's Word. There's a young lady in her 20s. She's in England. She's got her own radio station and she's talking about fidelity in marriage, getting back to the principle of how man and woman were created. She's not a Christian. It's pretty sad when the people of darkness are grabbing hold of God's truth when the churches can be confused. And I believe this year we don't have to be confused. This year we can live a life that's within the boundaries that God set with us. It says in the book of Jude, right at the end, unto Him who is able to keep you from slipping and falling. But we don't read the verse 20 in the chapter that tells us to stay within the boundaries where God's love can reach us. There's a part where we, we have to play in partnering with God. And so I believe as I look over, over 60 well, I was 11 when I gave my life to the Lord. So over 50 years of my life, I've always tried to use the Word of God as my roadmap and use it as my pattern for life. And I've found it to work. I've found it to be real and blessing means more than happy. And so I found that to be so true for me and to build with the right people. I thank God for the people that spoke into my life. I thank God for the people that saw potential in me that I didn't see in me. And I was hanging around with a group of school friends that were completely committed to getting me to live life like they did. 
And I remember making the decision one day, no, I'm going to do this God's way. And now all these years later, some of those friends are my best mates and they ask me about God and their respect for me today is far deeper than they're distracting me back then when I was a young person. And I'm glad, I'm glad this morning, not that I've done this in my own strength, but by staying in the Word and allowing the Word to feed me, I've been able to choose my friends well. And because of that, I'm standing here today with you, my friends, because of just simply making those choices to live a life of blessing. And the last one, if the musicians can come, is to build a life of perseverance. And as many of you know, it's not how we start. I think in the Bible, about one in six leaders finished well. Some finished okay. I mean, I don't know that you can even say David finished really well when you look at his family life and you look what happened to his kids because yes, forgiveness comes. But as Pastor Tony said last week, but there's consequences and we pay those consequences when choices are made that are there to hurt our lives and destroy our lives. And for me, what I feel about perseverance is that the only way, and I was thinking about when we lost Chris and going through cancer, what helped me persevere? Well, I was out of action for about nine months when I got cancer. And I just sat there and wrote my own journal on the book of Acts. I went through every chapter of the book of Acts while I was in hospital and at times at home. And I wrote every chapter of the book of Acts. It's amazing what I found there that I'd never seen before. And it began to steer my life and, and, and encourage my life and all the things I'm doing now. Because when I'm down and when I'm out, I've got a place to go to that readjusts me. I go to the Word of God and it repositions me and it gets me back on track. Reading chapter one and thinking about all the, you know, the American mega church thing and all the stuff we see in the papers. And I go, mate, there was no bus tours to the upper room. I'm reading chapter one and it goes like, it happened in there, but we don't idolise that room. We got out of that room and we went out and changed the world. And I began to see some of the things that we value in our modern world that God couldn't care less about. And here I am in a time of chemotherapy, going through all the stuff, feeling sick, wanted to die, wanted to go to heaven. Enough is enough, that's Danny Flesh. And then I allow perseverance to come in by adjustment. The adjustment. It was only, a, and I've got to move because time's gone, but... It was only three or four weeks ago, maybe a little longer, even through some of my counselling with people that I read 1 Corinthians 13 again. Now we use it at weddings. You know, non-Christians use 1 Corinthians at weddings because it's the appropriate love chapter. And as I'm reading it again, I broke on the inside realising how many of those things I still need to let God grow in me. You know, love is kind. Love cares more for others and for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. It's not me first, doesn't fly off the handle. That one really spoke to me. Because Sharon will tell you, I fly off the handle at the TV. I'm watching the news and I'm sitting there, you idiots, and I'm going off. Sharon's in the other room and she goes, are you talking to me or are you talking to somebody else? And then I read this, love doesn't go off the handle. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth and puts up with anything. I haven't arrived. 
At 66 years of age, I need to work through those. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me live those things out. And then I started to think, I come from a charismatic background where it's all about the gifts. Oh, he's got a gift of prophecy. Oh, the gifts. Why aren't the gifts flowing more in the church? Why don't we have tongues and interpretation? 1 Corinthians 12 has some interesting things to say about gifts. Then we go to 1 Corinthians 14 and there's order in the church. Do you think it's a coincidence that right in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13? That says you can do all that stuff. You can have all your gifts. You can have all your power. But if it's not glued by love right in the middle, it doesn't say you're something, it says you're nothing. And as I close today, I feel these three things can really lift our house this year to a place where the Word of God's gonna be my pattern. The Bible says that I do it. If the Bible challenges me to stay away from it, I will. And then choose friends you can do that with. I prophesy this morning that organic discipleship is gonna begin to explode in this house. And it's not just gonna happen by going to a meeting called discipleship. But every time you have a coffee with someone, every time you're sitting with someone, are you pulling them up or you're dragging them down? And you have the right people in your life, they'll be there for you and you'll be there for them. And then I'm making a decision. I really am. And Sharon Dow hears it. So she's gonna have to hold me accountable to it that I'm going to live out 1 Corinthians this year. I think 1 Corinthians is a description of Jesus. And when you look at it, none of us can do all that stuff, but we can grow in those areas. It's direction, not perfection. And when we get it wrong, we go back to it and say, Lord, help me, help me. Those three things this year, at the end of the year, we're going to say, have you had a blessed year? Not a happy new year, because we're already not saying it anymore. We only say it for a, a week. Happy New Year, which is not wrong and we can do that. But can you imagine saying a blessed year? We can say that all year round. May you have a blessed year in 2023. May we have a blessed year. Let's all stand this morning. I'm not trying to create anything. I just felt to obey what God put in my heart. And that as some of you in this, this morning are ready to let go. Now, unforgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. So you can't say, oh, I didn't feel anything. The feelings might come later, but that's not what Jesus tells us to do. And when you look at Scripture, He forgives us as we forgive others. There are some of you who need to lose weight this morning. You need to walk out of here a lot lighter by laying at the feet of the cross your pain, your unforgiveness and say, Lord, I, I don't feel it, but I make a choice to forgive today and as we worship all I'm going to ask you to do is come and kneel at this altar and give it to Jesus I also felt very very strongly that there are people here today that there's been a bit of compromise with the world because you've been pulled in all kinds of direction and the Lord is encouraging you to say this year I'm not going to compromise to the best of my ability with the help of the Holy Spirit as I journal and walk with the pattern of the Word I want to live a life separated unto Him and that's where the joy comes and you become a great witness to non-Christians because they see the authenticity and some of you have been in the middle and today you need to say God I put a stake in the ground and some of you are feeling like giving up 
And God wants to say, I have words for you as you study my word that will help you persevere and you will have a blessed life. I'm not going to drag it out, but if you need to come and just kneel at this altar while we're worshipping today, we'd like to pray that you will go free from this place today at that first step in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.